Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron, flying solo this episode, almost anyway. Uh, I'm at the second of four shiny side up events in Christchurch. We'll be joined by Matthew Day Gillett as far as the news goes a little bit later in the episode. It's another massive day here though and I'll be trying to bring you all the updates as well as some general podcast content as well. So stick with us as we head into Shiny Side Up number two, recorded live from Christchurch. Catching up now with the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Moss, uh, suspension tuning wizard, I'm going to call you that. How are you this morning? I am splendid, sir. I'm yet to have coffee, so hopefully I'm cogent. You're all over YouTube tuning people's suspension, uh, and I showed you a, a picture of mine a couple of weeks ago, last week, and you, you told me exactly what was wrong with my bike. How are you so talented? Knowledge can provide a lot of information that when you communicate it effectively with people resonates with them. And then through that process, you end up giving people revelation. So the talent is in communication and revelation to inspire somebody to do something different that's better. You're a lot more coherent than me at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, I can tell you that much. Uh, what is your involvement with Shiny Side Up? I'm here to try and teach people how to use a tape measure, a felt pen, look at certain qualities of a motorcycle, realize it is not a car, and that when it, whether it's you, whether it's you and a partner, whether it's you a partner and luggage, whether it's you and luggage, if your bike has settings, you can set them up for yourself. As human beings in a bell curve, we're all different sizes, shoe sizes, heights, weights, so you can custom fit yourself to the motorcycle. Would you ever rent a car and never move the seat and steering wheel? No. Right. It doesn't make any sense, but what do we do in a motorcycle? We shut up and take it, and we've done that for 100 years. So you buy a bike, you ride the hell out of it, it hurts, you ride it less, you sell it. You buy another bike, you ride the hell out of it, it hurts... You ride less, it hurts more, you sell it. And we repeat that cycle. And as we go around the country, the goal is to let people see where they need to spend the money to get the motorcycle to handle perfectly for them. So that in a crisis situation, it outperforms their expectations. And the other part that's a killer in this country is fatigue. So getting the right equipment versus carbon fiber, double bubble windshields, nice colored bolts or matching levers can make the bike literally save your life in a crisis. And from watching a bunch of your YouTube videos, often it doesn't take a lot to set the bike up for the rider? It takes, realistically, it takes somewhere between five to eight minutes with a tape measure. And doing the ergonomics takes a couple of minutes to get the handlebars in the right position, the levers in the right angle. And then if the levers are wrong, then you know where to spend your money to get the right levers for your hand size. Some of us have very small fingers. Some of us have fingers longer than our palm. So the lever has to be the right one for your hand size so that you can shift and brake effectively. And if you can't do that, every time you're trying to brake and shift your steering, and that's not the goal of how you should input actions into a motorcycle. So if you've owned an expensive bicycle, it's a 90-minute fitment period that is quite painful but we, in our area, don't do it. Mountain bikes do it, dirt bikes do it, and it goes on and on and on and on, but road bikes, for some reason, got left behind. As far as, as, far as your involvement with Shiny Side Up, people can register for future uh, Shiny Side Up events to get their bikes set up by you? There's the option for you to go to each event on the Shiny Side Up Facebook page, open the event up, and there's a tab there where you can try and see if there's any slots left. But you're a very popular man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and oftentimes I'll squeeze in a couple of extras. 
Um, try and get three or four more in a day. So if you can't get in, don't despair. There's a chance that you may well get your bike seen because I'll use one or two demo bikes in the actual class periods we have. But every time a bike comes in, everybody gathers around and a lot of people have that motorcycle so they see how to make it all right. And oftentimes they're off, they're gone. They're off to the car park and the tool bag's out and they're wrenching away on their bikes, which is brilliant to see. And just the sheer comfort change that you can have, for example, with your brake lever, if you have to lift your hand up and then go get the brake lever, you're doubling your brake distance. So actually getting the brake lever in the right position so that you can just reach forward and do it makes all the difference in the world. So tiny, minute changes that are extraordinarily easy to do can maximize a huge benefit for the rider, their safety, their comfort, but much better handling of the motorcycle and the possible elimination of fatigue. And that's critical for all of us. So we don't, we're not in pain and misery. So if you want to hear, come, if you want to come and hear Dave Moss talking for free, the wizard about uh, how to set up uh, bike suspension, ergonomics and that sort of thing, shiny side up. We're at Christchurch today. We're in Todonga next week and Carpety the following week. Or Dave, where else on the internet can we find you? So the easiest place where most people go is YouTube. That's, that's a favorite with everybody. So if you just type in Dave Moss tuning, um, I also have a website, which is Dave Moss tuning and then I post up on Instagram on Dave Moss Tuning <laughs> so that anything interesting I find I'll pop on there with a brief explanation so that you can learn from those three sources those are the best ones for you to use because they're quick, easy and free Brilliant, thank you very much Dave Moss I look forward to catching what you've got to say about a few people's bikes today at Shiny Side Up Brilliant, thank you very much Now, I'm going to go get some coffee Catching up now with a voice you've probably heard before. Your name, please, sir. Um, name's Brent. So uh, you probably heard heard the odd uh, podcast with me in it. So I've finally caught up with Ray in person. So no, Brent Cotton, hello. G'day, mate. You're right. I'm ticking along quite nicely. Hey, thanks for putting on a great day, weather-wise, here in Christchurch. Well, it's a bit better than yesterday afternoon. Um, I was out at the um, Sound of Thunder, um, just doing a bit of watching, not racing. And um, yeah, that suddenly come through. So you've you've uh, you've hit it right. The, the ground's been washed and uh, the sun's come out. It's a beautiful day. It really is. I was flying in yesterday uh, with a Cantab sitting beside me who didn't like flying, it must be said, uh, and she was saying, as soon as we come down under the clouds, she goes, oh, thank God it's raining. Oh, really? Yeah, well, we have been a dry spell for quite a while, so um, just been away a couple of weeks ago on a um, dusty butt down south, and uh, yeah, we definitely needed some rain, so uh, my lawn will start growing now, and I'll have to mow lawns instead of riding motorbikes, so... Uh. <laughs> That's the problem, eh? Yeah. Uh, household chores. Hey, um, you've had a look around Shiny Side Up. We're in Christchurch at the moment, obviously, at Shiny Side Up, second of four events. Uh, have you been to a Shiny Side Up before? Yeah, um, this is the first Shiny Side Up. They've had sort of similar events a few years ago here in Canterbury, but this is amazing. Yeah, It's a really good turnout. Obviously, um, local riders have really embraced it, and it's good to see the likes of Avalon Biddle here and you know with MTF and, and um, obviously a star of New Zealand road racing, so it's cool to see her here. And, and the, the stands and stuff are pretty cool. You know, Dave Moss over there doing suspension, so um, yeah, I'm a bit scared to take my bike because you'll probably tell me how bad it really is. So uh. That man's an absolute legend. I've mentioned it before. I showed him a photo of the back.
back tyre of my MT and he goes oh, oh th- this is the problem with this bike and you need to do this you need to cut that off you need to lengthen this and you need uh, I think he said 20 weight four coil yeah now it's pretty amazing when someone can look at your tyres and tell you what's wrong with your bike so yeah um, yeah it's um, it, it is a, um, it's an art it's a bit of a witchcraft really is understanding suspension so yeah when you get someone like that to give you free advice it's pretty powerful for sure uh, so have you taken your helmet over to the MSAT guys and got that checked out yet no no I'm scared of doing that no it's a fairly new um, adventure helmet so um, I'm, I'm pretty happy it's full of dust and stuff at the moment it's overdue for a wash so uh, they probably don't <laughs> even want to touch it Right, Brent Cotton, thanks very much for joining us at Shiny Side Up. Great to catch up, mate. Should we go get a coffee? Yeah, we will. We will. It's, uh, it's great to have put a name and a face and actually meet in person. It's, it's great because we've spoken on the phone a heap and uh, this is the first time we've met in person, so it's cool. Good to see you. It's a shame I haven't got a bike here. <laughs> oh, well, next time you come down, we'll do we'll do an adventure ride or something. We'll do Bex Peninsula or Lees Valley or something. So. Definitely. You've been putting the pressure on, so we'll have to make sure that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll keep doing it. It's, <laughs> it's not going to go away. The pressure's going to keep there. Time now to cross to Matthew back in the studio with the news. First up this week, Bruff Superior is set to make a return to the New Zealand marketplace this year. Uh, iconic brand Bruff Superior, famous for former rider Lawrence of Arabia, who sadly passed away aboard one I believe, uh, is soon to make a return to the New Zealand marketplace with the establishment of a new distributor for the Australian marketplace. The name Bruff Superior naturally carries a bit of weight behind it and while we haven't seen a new Bruff here in New Zealand since geez, 1940 I believe, the brand is given a new life when the first bikes under the new ownership of Mark Upham rolled off the French production line in 2016. The new line of Bruff Superior motorcycles is spread over four models including the uber-exclusive AMB 001 Aston Martin collaboration, with the lesser models of the high-end Mark, all based around a 102-horsepower, 997cc water-cooled dual-overhead cam 88-degree V-twin, all including contemporary SS100 model and the Pendine Sand Racer, which is sort of the scrambler of the line. Based out of Brisbane, Australia, the Bruff Superior Australia and New Zealand team are preparing to relaunch the brand here, including all four models, depending on whether any of the 100 examples of the AMB001 are still available prior to the launch. Pricing for our market is yet to be finalised, but expect to see prices well in excess of $100,000, you heard that right, uh, to take ownership of one of these very unique-looking motorcycles. Mark Marquez has recommitted with HRC until 2024, so with the recent addition of brother Alex to the HRC stable, it comes as no surprise that MotoGP world champion Mark Marquez has extended his commitment through to the 2024 MotoGP season. The six-time MotoGP world champion signed a four-year extension of his contract and will continue to race with the factory team until at least December 2024. So far, Marquez has claimed 56 victories, 95 podiums and 62 pole positions with his RC213 V in the premier class of our sport, easily establishing him as the most dominant Honda rider of recent years. I'm very proud to announce my renewal with Honda Racing Corporation for the next four years, he says. Honda gave me the opportunity to arrive in the MotoGP class with a factory bike in 2013. Since the first year, we have achieved success together and I am very happy to continue being part of the Honda family. HRC gives me the confidence to extend this partnership to obtain our common goal and continue our story of success. Uh, We started talking a few months ago as both parties wanted to stay together and continue winning, says HRC President Yoshigi Nomura. Uh, Mark started his career in the Premier class in 2013 and with him we have won six of the last seven MotoGP titles. As a unique champion he deserves a unique deal and I am confident this partnership. 
Last but not least, Triumph is set to move the majority of production to Thailand. Whether this is a ramification of Brexit or a shrewd business move, Triumph Motorcycles have confirmed that all volume production is moving to the firm's Thailand factory. While it sounds like a scary move for a brand known for its inherent Britishness, in fact 90% of all Triumph product is already assembled in Thailand, with the Speed Triple and Tiger 1200 the last holdouts in volume production currently made in the Hinkley factory in the UK. That is set to change with Motorcycle News reporting that Triumph informed its UK workforce of the planned move uh, on the 20th of this month. The move announced to Triumph employees yesterday, uh, February 20, will see the last remaining UK produced models, the Speed Triple and Tiger 1200, join the rest of the range at the Chonburi Thailand production facilities, MCN reported. However, this isn't the end of British production for Triumph, with the sellout Triumph factory custom line set to firmly remain in production at the Hinkley factory. Considering we've only seen a small number of TFC products launched off some of Triumph's smaller lines, and are yet to see a TFC model based off the incredibly popular Bonneville, it's safe to say that there is a lot to come from the sector in Triumph. Uh, we are now preparing for Triumph's next wave of strategic growth, says Triumph's CEO Nick Bloor. We want to maximise the growth opportunity for the brand globally, particularly in the Asian markets. This is why we are increasing our design resources here in the UK and focusing on our mass production capabilities in Thailand. So that's it for this week's Kiwi Rider podcast news. For even more news, check out onthrottle.co.nz or grab your next issue of Kiwi Rider magazine. Legend, thanks Matt. Back to the action at Shiny Side Up Bike Fest here in Christchurch. Catching up now with Brett Tax. We talked to you very briefly last week. Uh, we're now in Christchurch. How's your week been firstly? It's been fantastic. The rain has followed me everywhere. <laughs> Apparently, I am solely responsible for removing all of the drought conditions, and luckily I'm going to the North Island, so certainly their drought is about to end. <laughs> now, you uh, you talked to me last week, and you were saying that you're, you're all about uh, demolishing people's preconceptions. That, that is the intent. I want to show people that the things that we believe as motorcyclists aren't always what we believe and very often are not. And when we understand that, we get to make a difference and we can stay alive and we can have a way more fun as riders. But I also found out during the week, I went, I went on a bit of a YouTube binge uh, and, and found out you're, you're, you're a very practical, hands-on kind of guy when it comes to motorcycle stuff. I, I'm not just a presenter. You know, I, I travel the world. I've ridden over 60 countries by motorcycle. I ride on the racetrack. I have my own dirt bike. I do a lot of adventure riding and, of course, I ride on the street as well. That's how I make my living. I think you meet up with somebody in what seems to be a mall car park and there were some hard panniers that weren't square anymore and you fixed them with a car jack and a bit of wood. Yeah, uh, well a month ago I was in Columbia and he was a student of mine up in the States and he traveled down with several other people who knew of me and I did a presentation in Bogota, Colombia, and we yeah, we bought a car jack and we spent two days just getting his panniers back to square uh, taking his racks and finding welders, get things welded up and reinforced so I could get him on his way to enjoy that adventure and I'll tell you what, nothing inspires me more than helping motorcyclists accomplish what they want to do in their dreams. 
Brilliant. Well, you've got a talk coming up very, very shortly, so I won't hold you up too much more. But if people want to see your videos and, and more of you and find out about you, uh, where, can we, where can we go? Are we talking YouTube? Uh, YouTube, you can find me on YouTube. Most people know me through a series I did called Moto Trek, M-O-T-O-T-R-E-K, and that's for adventure riders, although it works for street riders as well. But also I'm just kicking off a new series once I leave New Zealand that'll just be under my name, non-branded, so Brett Tax. Now the hard part is spelling my last name. I had this problem. Yes, yes, because I have a K in my last name, so it's T-K-A-C-S, and most people don't put the K in there. So as long as they can spell B-R-E-T-T-K-A-C-S, then they'll find all those videos that I'm producing for instructors and trainers and riders in the U.S. and hopefully around the world, and that includes New Zealand. Outstanding. Thanks for your time. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. My name is Karen, and I'm a Ride Forever trainer, and I own um, Cars and Bikes Rider Training. Cars and Bikes Rider Training here in Christchurch? In Christchurch, based Canterbury, and also in Taranaki. Nice. Uh, so what are you here doing? Are you just uh, talking to people about the Ride Forever courses and that sort of jazz? Well, I support both. Um, obviously, myself, as, a, as an independent Ride Forever, I participate and, yes, here discussing that with a lot of people today. Um, and also, um, as a back-end for our, our local um, women's riding group, AWMA. Oh, talk to us about that. AWMA, what's the story? That's Aotearoa Women Motorcyclists Association. It's a relatively new group that has uh, um, evolved around supporting network for women riders, their families and associates. So it's all about um, advancing, upskilling, giving confidence, back-end again on moving on to the Ride Forever programs, but more about just refining skills. Support structure. Great, because, I mean, some of the women, some women I know are better riders than me, especially like people like Avalon Biddle. Well, Avalon, she's certainly one out of the bag. <laughs> she's unique and she's fantastic. But not all of us are the Avalon Biddles of the day. But it's all about those women that get into riding, um, that initially they have a lot of support around them, their partners and, and husbands and their spouses. But they get to a certain point where they start feeling a little bit too overwhelmed. And so that's where AWMA comes in as a support network to keep, keep encouraging them. So they don't park their bikes up and sell them because they can't do it anymore. AWMA, how do we uh, find AWMA? Where can we go? Facebook page. Um, if, you, if you Google search AWMA, it'll default in the Facebook pages. Um, or the email address at secretary at awma.nz. Either of those avenues. Fantastic. And if somebody in Christchurch wants to talk to you about motorcycle or indeed car training by the sounds of things, how do they find you? Most definitely both sides are motorcycle and the car driver training. Um, learn to ride motorcycles.nz 0800 533 2108. Brilliant. Thank you very much and enjoy your day here in sunny Christchurch at Ride Forever at Shiny Side Up. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. Uh, I'm Dr. Chris Huron and I do research into protective clothing at Deakin University. My other hat is uh, the chief scientist for Motocap. Marvellous. Now, explain to me what Motocap is. So Motocap is a uh, clothing rating system. What we do is we buy motorcycle clothing in New Zealand and Australia. We buy a second garment online. We take it back to the lab. We cut it up. We test it for abrasion, for energy absorption of the armour and for seam strength and also and also thermal comfort and then we put all the results free online for anyone in the world to have a look at. Fascinating. 
So I guess most people's next question is, what's the best gear? <laughs> so the easiest way is to go on to Motocap and have a look for yourself. Uh, depends on what riding style you're after. For myself, I prefer leather and denim, uh, but uh, everyone is a little bit different. And with Motocap, you can go on and actually look at how each one performs against the other because they're all tested the same way. Now, most people would think, oh, you're a doctor and you're, you're into you know testing gear and stuff. You're probably white lab coat and, and you probably don't even ride a bike yourself either. What do you ride? So I've got a couple of bikes. Uh, my daily ride at the moment, it's a Yamaha XSR 700. Uh, I've also got a Honda GB 400 and I've got a plethora of Bantam, BSA Bantams from the 1950s. Wow, so you've been riding a year or two then? Yeah, I started off early in life on uh, RZ250 and uh, had an RZ500 during my stupid phase at some stage there. <laughs> uh, but no, I've ridden for a number of years. Fantastic. And you're here at Shiny Side Up as well as the Talk Series events, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is a really important uh, initiative that you guys do over here in New Zealand. I wish we had the same in Australia. Uh, being able to improve your skills for almost no money at all is a really important thing, I think. Outstanding. Well, thanks very much for coming over over the ditch to, to enlighten us as to, uh, you know, what, what gear is best. And, and I guess it comes down to brand names isn't always the way to go, right? Yeah, so uh, we've found that there's no relationship between brands. Some brands can have four-star garments, but they can also have half-star garments. Uh, there's no relationship in price either. When we look at the relationship between stars and dollars, there is no correlation there at all. So the only time we get that is with gloves, uh, and even then it's relatively weak. Brilliant. Okay, well, we'll look forward to catching your talk series, uh, your talk, uh, a little bit later on in the day. That sounds good. Talk to you then. Shiny Startup Christchurch catching up with factory stunt rider, Yamaha factory stunt rider, Dave McKenna. You've done two stints today. Have your arms recovered now? Yeah, yeah, they're a little, little bit achy, as, as you'd expect, chucking this thing around. It's uh, 203, 205 kilos with the extra uh, bits of billet we've added, but oh, I'm feeling good, ready for the, the next one next weekend. Hey, so we didn't catch up last week uh, in too much depth. We kind of talked about the fact, you know, you are a stunt rider and, and, and talked about the bike, but I want to talk about your safety gear. What kind of gear do you ride in? Obviously, I'm assuming leathers are a bit restrictive. Yeah, yep. I did try riding in leathers over the years. I've tried lots of different combinations, but with uh, me moving around the bike and bouncing you know, left and right, it's uh, too restrictive and actually you know, cut off the circulation. So um, now I've got a good good setup. It's, it looks pretty casual, and it's uh, nice and airy and, and gives me plenty of room. Um, so you know, from the start, we're running you know, motorcycle boots, obviously, to cover the ankles. Uh, you know, we've got got some uh, ankle wraps, which keeps the ankles nice and tight. So stop me from rolling my ankle. Got she, uh, shin and knee guards. We've got hip protectors. Uh, you know, got thigh protectors. That all in one unit, which is that you pull on. Got Kevlar jeans. Um, I wear a kidney belt, which protects uh, my lower spine and and hips as well. If I go down, that's usually pretty prone for for the jacket to come up. So that's the only thing. If you're wearing two pieces, the jacket normally does slide up, and that's the first bit that touches. So uh, I've learned to to wear that. Uh, and then we've got the jacket with all the you know, elbow and shoulders and back protectors. Um, and there's even one in the chest there. So, And obviously the helmet and the gloves are pretty well protected. And they, they do definitely come in come in handy when the, uh, things don't go right, which is normally in practice when I'm working on new things. So. When, was the last time, when was the last time something didn't go right in a show? Uh, I mean, you, you, you don't want it to happen, but yeah. it does happen occasionally I'm, I'm picking. 
Yeah, it's pretty rare in a show for anything major. You know, that, I mean, it goes wrong in practice because you're trying new things? Yeah, that's when you're always pushing and trying to work on new combinations or new tricks. But shows, it's normally, you know, that's where if a front wheel might let go or the back wheel might go and it might high side. And uh, the, Probably the last biggest thing in a show was in Melbourne a couple of years ago now. I was doing some drifting, up, sitting on the tank with my legs hanging over. And um, I went to transition back to the seat normally I just slide my feet back through but like here there was a bit of gravel on the ground and as I went to transition it lost the front end and then it gripped and I'd already took my hand off the transition so I went rolling over the back of the bike and then the bike took off and and luckily ran into the fence but there's a picture I'll, I'll find it and show you I landed pretty much curled up in a ball at the bottom of my back and yeah, I, was, I was pretty sore there for a couple of weeks after that. Um, like I mentioned, I you know, had broken my back in the past as well, so there's a few injuries there that, that flare up every now and then. Um, the last big one in practice wasn't that long ago. It was only middle of January. So I was working on a new trick where you see me standing on the tank there, but I put my left foot on the um, on the handlebars so I can steer the bike around in circles. And as I've gone up, the, the bike sort of blipped or it's kind of dipped in a little bit left and then it's kicked me off and I've landed pretty much on the back of my head and had a concussion and cracked the helmet in half and it was a pretty big one there. I didn't ride for yeah, well, nearly up until this event. So the last week I got a bit of practice in. But, so there, there was no bleeding or anything like that, but it was still enough to knock me around and I was you know, seeing double for a couple of days. So... So safety is, is important. What kind of helmet do you run? Uh, that was a shark carkin. Uh, so that was a it's a carbon based helmet. The one I've got today, um, it's just the fiberglass, but the carbon doesn't matter too much. That's more about weight anyway. It's more the, the internals of the helmet that matters. So there, um, there's a few different ones that I that I wear, but they're all pretty high end shark helmets. So they, um, yeah, that, that one done its job for sure. If it was any lesser of a helmet, then there could have been you know brain bleed or or something like that. The doctor said so. Yeah, definitely absorb the impact and spread it out throughout the whole helmet. Factory Yamaha stunt rider Dave McKenna. Hey, thanks very much for joining us in Christchurch, and I look forward to catching you in Tauranga next week. Yeah, my pleasure. Can't wait. David Golightly, I'm a council member on the Motorcycle Safety Advisory Council and we're here today to promote uh, our council but also safety in general and the Road Frederick program. Outstanding, I've seen you guys around the place and I think you, I've had I've had dealings with you on an insurance front as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's my day job is insuring motorbikes, so for my sins I'm on this uh, advisory council. But it's quite interesting because you get to hear, motorcycles have a lot of concerns but now we've actually got a channel to get them to the right people in government they should do something about these issues. So that's what I enjoy. Brilliant. Now you guys here are looking at, you're checking out everyone's helmets and you've got a prize for the worst helmet. Yes, and by God, I've seen some bad helmets today. We had one helmet come in, it was held together by masking tape. And I said to the guy, how old is this helmet? And he said, well, I've had it 20 years. And I said, did you get it new? No, no, someone gave it to me. And I, I counted three impact points on the helmet, so it lost all its structural integrity. The visor was held on by masking tape. All the padding had collapsed. So I said, do you actually wear this? And he said, no, 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 I gave it to my wife. (laughs) 
<laughs> and she's standing beside him, so I said, no, like that. So what we're doing today is we are taking people's old helmets, we're assessing them. The worst helmet we see will get a voucher up to $800 for a brand new helmet. Because really, you know, why should we have all these old helmets? Helmets don't last forever. And this is a message we've got to get across to people. Something I've heard recently, somebody said, uh, I said, is that your helmet? And they said, no, no, that's my pillion helmet. Yeah, exactly. It happens a lot. Now, sometimes they think that the pillion's head isn't as valuable as their head. It's ridiculous. Um, so we're trying to get that message out. If you've got a good helmet, well, please have the same respect for your pillion. Give them the same protection that you want on your head. David Golightly, MSAC, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to seeing uh, some of these helmets. Indeed, yes. It'll be interesting. Thank you. Appreciate it. My name's Duncan Seed from Two Drive Safe Rider and Driver Training. I'm a motorcycle instructor. And what is your involvement with Shiny Side Up? So I'm here apparently as a cl- as talent, uh, which means that uh, we're organising some of the demonstrations um, for the event. We are also Ride Forever providers. Cool. So what demonstrations are, we, are you doing here today? So we're doing uh, explanations of the benefits of ABS as it's become uh, mandatory from the 1st of April this year uh, for all new bikes above 125cc in New Zealand to have ABS so we're going to explain what that is and uh, what how it works and what the benefits of ABS are. So the internet would have me believe that uh, somebody without ABS could outbreak somebody with ABS. What are the, what are your thoughts on that? To be fair that's probably a, a, the real benefit of ABS isn't in regards to the stopping distance it's more in regards to the control of the bike uh, and uh, unfortunately our roads are not always the best and the uh, road conditions change so you can be uh, riding down a piece of road uh, the surface can change. You can go over paint, manhole covers, hit some grit, that kind of thing. And if you haven't got ABS, then you're more likely to lose control and drop the bike rather than sh- stay shiny side up. And that's the sort of thing you'll be demonstrating today, yeah? That is, yeah. yeah. We've got a wee gravel pit and uh, we're going to show the difference between uh, having the ABS um, or on your bike and not having ABS on your bike. So, Oh, so the gravel pit's for you. It's not just uh, somebody that's fixed the car park and done a bad job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we're going to come down there at about 50k, switch the ABS off on my BMW Scrambler and uh, and hit the brakes and see what happens. And then we're going to put it back on and uh, show the difference. Brilliant. And as a Ride Forever facilitator, uh, how do people get hold of you and what area do you look after? So we look after pretty much the whole South Island, uh, Tasman, Marlborough, West Coast, Canterbury and Southland. And uh, they can go to our website, www.2drivesafe.com and uh, they can book online there. That's the number two drive safe? The number two drive safe, yes. Duncan Seed, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to your demonstrations later on in the day. Thanks very much. My name's Heath Ling and in 2016 I did 35,000 k's around the US on my own, camping and covered 28 states in five and a half months. So my hobbies are actually writing, photography and blogging non-fiction and fiction. So... So anything that entertains and informs through the media or creative arts is my passion. Brilliant. Did you do that on this bike? I did do it on this bike. I shipped it over to Vancouver and then bought the trailer in Sturgis when I was there for bike week. Um, so it's great to have a BMW surrounded by Harleys and Indians. So what, what is this bike? It's a BMW? T- 2002 BMW GSI 1150. So it's got the 30 litre tank. It's the same bike that they used on the long way round, although I didn't break anything. So you'll be um, quite up to, up to 
play when it comes to um, hacks and fixes in the outback and, and that sort of thing? Certainly. The, the key is preparation. Um, the long way round, they broke their frame, whereas the parts which are a weak point on the BMW, I, I welded plates in beforehand. So it's trying to think, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. And you're doing a few uh, talk series events around the country too, aren't you? Certainly, yes. Yes, had a privilege of being at the Burt Munro. Um, evening talks at Dunedin and Cromwell, which were really well received with all the guest presenters there. Um, up in Nelson Bike Fest last weekend, sunny Christchurch this weekend, and then Tauranga and Kapiti in the next two weekends coming along. Brilliant. Heath Ling, thank you very much for being here today and showing off your, your BMW with trailer. It's not often you see a bike with trailer. No, it's it's not. Um, in the States, it's very common, and I kept looking at them and then seeing the ice box or the cooler box is a chili bin you call them over here and um, when you run out of water with your camel back being able to put cold water in a hot Idaho summer day is brilliant and it doesn't make the bike handle any differently you just that was going to be my question so what does it do for the handling obviously it probably retards the acceleration a little bit yep fuel economy is obviously down um, but I haven't changed my style of riding at all I mean on an adventure bike I'm not one to get my knee down in the corners um, and you've got to remember when filtering that you're longer and it's a pain to reverse um, when it's not moving but otherwise you don't once you get going you don't know it's there. I wouldn't do it empty like most trailers they will bounce but fully loaded camping gear tent and it just makes it so much easier. And obviously you're uh, you're touring the country with this bike being part of uh, Shiny Side Up. Is there a difference to uh, riding this bike in the States to what we have in New Zealand as far as road conditions go? The road conditions vary um, in the States. Obviously everything's a lot bigger. Uh, the road surfaces generally are pretty good. Although if you go somewhere like when I went straight into the border in Wisconsin because they put salt on the roads, then the road conditions are you know quite whole in that. But generally because there's so many roads options you can use in the States, they're pretty good. New Zealand, you've got what one that goes around the whole of the South Island and a few that crisscross the middle and that is it. So everything's on them. America is fantastic riding, but you can't let your guard down, you know, because you, you've got a lot more wildlife, deer, caribou, uh, moose, especially in Canada. And if they hit, come out and hit you, you, you know, that'd be all over. So even though I was on, on holiday, sort of a working holiday, you still didn't let your guard down. Heath Ling, thank you very much, as I said, for being here today. And uh, I look forward to catching some of your talk series um, chats as the event uh, goes around the country. Thanks very much for the opportunity to talk to you. I'm Senior Constable Mark Middleton, uh, motorcycle officer with Christchurch Police. Fantastic. And you're at Shiny Side Up just to chill or have you got, a, have you got something involved here? Me and uh, some of my colleagues are here to tr- promote responsible riding behaviour and um, just interact with the general public. We talked to one of your officers uh, who joined us in Nelson last week about what it takes to become a motorcycle police officer. Uh, can you just run us through uh, maybe as much detail as you could probably think about uh, what it takes? Well, you need to have a little bit of recent riding uh, currency for a start and then um, assuming you get selected um, the two week course, my course was this time last year, um, I'm the most recent guy to join the team and I had a two week course up in the uh, Fenua region, 
little bit of uh, low-speed cone work, some high-speed uh, emergency braking, counter-steering techniques, and some work out on the open road and in amongst the public. So in your work as a, as a police officer, what kind of things do motorcycle police get called to? We A lot of the work that we do is uh, sort of self-generated and uh, just normal traffic enforcement work. But from time to time, we do get called to back up other officers at uh, perhaps burglary scenes or car accidents or just whatever's going on. And then uh, do you ever get to do like motorcades and that sort of thing? Yes, that's another part of the job that we do and unfortunately this time last year we were heavily involved with a lot of motorcades here in Christchurch and uh, uh, assisting VIPs to uh, to get through. Well, thanks very much for being here today and, and, and New Zealand Police for showing support for, for Shiny Side Up. It's great to have you guys here and, and see the bikes in person and get to sit on them and take photos on them. And Well, it's great to be able to be here and interact with the public in a positive way and to promote um, safe riding behaviour. Yeah, safe riding behaviour. We see Dave McKenna out there doing stunts on his bike. I mean, is that something you ever aspired to? Well, we all have to agree that that guy's got some serious skills happening there and skills what it's all about. So upskilling has got to be good as long as it's done in a safe environment. Exactly. Thanks very much for joining us at Shiny Side Up and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. And that about wraps up all the action from here. Shiny Side Up Bike Fest in Christchurch. Thank you very much to everyone who came and joined and said g'day and, and hung out. We'll be hitting Tauranga next Sunday from 10am and Kapiti the following week. If you haven't got this in your diary yet, make sure you do. It's one hour of an event and I highly recommend you come along. But that about wraps us up. I've been Ray, live from Shiny Side Up Bike Fest 2020 here in Christchurch for Kiwi Rider Podcast. Get your website down through on and we'll catch you in seven days time.